Hi everyone, Manners here. Welcome to the final wrap-up show for a while. I will be doing a few interviews that I've discussed with VD and Chris, etc. But obviously with no KMS, there's nothing to wrap up. I woke up uh, Tuesday morning and was surprised to see that Kirk had dropped an episode after saying he was going away for a while and sounding as bad as he did last week. Um, he did say this though, so I think we've got an idea that... Um, well, he said we're not going to be seeing him or hearing him until the Wilbur. And, uh, yeah, this is how he announced it. And I won't be back here for today for a long time. So, yeah, I'm glad that we've got some clarity now. Uh, we're not sort of always waiting. I wonder when Kirk will be back. At least we know he's taking a few months off now to get his head right. And then we have the Wilbur and then hopefully KMS comes back. But there is no certainty around the Kirk Minahan show coming back and that reality dawning on me is shattering. Uh, it's hard to sort of digest how upsetting it would be if the Kirk Minahan show ended right now. It seems like it's just getting in to its full swing with the new producer Cullinane doing a great job and the show, um, you know, really you know, bubbling along with Chris and Matt, uh, Mike. It, it just felt like it was going so well. And yeah, I'm kind of a bit heartbroken that it might be all over and, I really wish I could get to the Wilbur in January to see it, but there's just no way. It's right in the middle of cricket season. My family will have just been away in London. It's it's just the, the worst possible time. Also, it's winter in Boston, so it's not much of a holiday, but so desperate to be there because it may be the very last Kirk Minahan show event. Uh, I do know, though, from past experience that – there is something inside Kirk that sort of will draw him or you know, call him back to the show. But I just wonder whether um, that will be stronger than uh, the things working against him, like his mental health and that fuckhead Murchison. And maybe there's more value, you know, monetary and uh, personally and just maybe branching out and doing the more cr true crime stuff and making a new brand for himself that is less about his opinions and his um, banter and his show and more about cases and maybe, you know, he becomes a little bit more invisible where he's sort of the behind-the-scenes guy um, running these shows and obviously interviewing and hosting but just not the same with Kirk, the Kirk Minahan show where he's so publicly out there and... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I um, I want to get into the Imperioli stuff. Um, but firstly, I want to congratulate Dave Cullinane for being made producer of the case. He and Harrison are going to be putting it together with Kirk. Uh, Kirk is so loyal. He's such a good boss that he, he knows how shattering this must be for Cullinane, that the show is stopping the main show. He's also obviously, you know, wants Cullinane to do something while he's being paid. So Kirk's brought him in as the case producer. I think he will do a fantastic job. But David Edward Cullinane, please do me a favour. Reach out to me. Let's talk about how you put a show like that together because I have some experience in it. I'm not proficient in putting narrative podcast together but I've been to a lot of conferences I've, I've heard lots of talks on it and there are little things you can do to make it flow and, and to keep people engaged and yeah so Dave Cullinane telling you you can call me anytime reach out to me we'll have a chat I can point you to some resources that might might be useful 
Um, but generally, um, you know, there is a lot of crafting you have to put into these narrative shows. You sort of each episode you have to break down into, you know, plot points and you really have to make sure there's enough momentum. And I think you can see with the case that they seem like they front loaded the momentum season one of the case. They front loaded the story plots and everything. So the momentum really went out of it. But if that actually structured it a bit better, that wouldn't have happened. But anyway. Look, Dave, I'm always here for you. You know that. I know you're listening. Oh, what else? Um, oh, yeah. So, so Kirk in his um, return wanted to talk about the Business Insider article. And there is no doubt in my mind this whole article is a Murchison um to Murchison plan from the beginning to the end. He's probably paid this fucking bitch cunt reporter to write this story. It's all Murchison. If, if you look at what he's did in his, done in his town, there's some story about him, you know, hiring someone to come in and, um, you know, act on the council to get someone out he didn't like. So he plays the long game, Murchison. He also has a lot of money, so it'd be easy for him to bribe some shitty freelance reporter to write some shitty, unfounded story that is based on, um, based in fantasy, basically. So there's there's no doubt in my mind that um, it's all a Murchison story. Uh, and I do hope this time Murchison has bitten off more than he can chew because Dave Portnoy is not going to back down. But I also think Erica Nardini is one smart cookie and she will find a way with the help of Penn to get Murchison. Uh, anyone can be got at, anybody anybody no matter how much money you are no matter how much of a fucking freak show you are no matter how much of a a closet transvestite you are he is able to be got at and there's no doubt they will get him it's a matter of time portnoy nardini pen gaming with kirk um, feeding them information will get murchison and i cannot wait to see it Uh, it's just no doubt that this is all him he's paid this fucking bitch reporter to make this unfounded story so he can try and cancel barstool i mean he is the supervillain of all supervillains murchison it's it's amazing what sexual frustration and repression can do to a man's psyche but we're seeing it there um good on his wife allison for leaving that the smart thing she probably left with a couple of hundred million dollars and will start a new life without that fucking cunt but uh I hate the guy. It makes me so angry. It makes me so angry, the injustice, that this guy can come in after a few comments on the radio and try and ruin multiple people's lives. He's got this kind of – I've met people like this before. They've got this sort of psychopathic gene where they they never give up. They have to win. It's Everything's a competition for them, uh, even, you know, everything. Every, every bit of their life is a competition and – he is a fucking disgusting human being. Um, Kirk is 100% right about everything he said in the latest show. Um, it's an unfounded story, but it's all about Murchison seeking revenge. Still, five years after some silly comments were made that were not even that bad. So, yeah, I know he's going to get caught. He's Murchison now. He's actually signed his own fucking death certificate because Portnoy, Nardini, not like death certificate in real life. I'm not threatening him, but I mean, in, in terms of uh, being able to continue this anymore, it's done. He's lost now because Portnoy, Nardini, and and Penn Gaming will get him. It, it's he's he's made a big mistake getting in bed with these business insider people, trying to uh, pay this story to get written, and it's done. He, you wait in the next couple of months, 
it'll all backfire and he's going to be fucked and he'll go away. So that's what my hope. Then when he goes away, Kurt comes back in January after the Wilbur and everything continues. Alrighty. Uh, in that last episode, Kirk did, he did um, talk about the little sort of um, chat he had with Imperioli about um, acting. And I didn't want to say it in the last show, but w- when I heard it, live I was like that's a dumb question let's have a listen to the sort of um whole um sequence and the question simply is this oh wrong one I'll get used to paying the right drops soon oh no that's it and the question simply is this is Michael Imperioli an asshole and I don't I still I don't know I'll never know I don't think we could sit here for three years and I'll never know the answer well, he's not an asshole. No way is he an asshole. Well, I think ironically, I just asked Michael if he thought the character was stupid, and he essentially said I was stupid. But for asking yeah. that question, it was a, it was a perfect one. No, 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 I'm kidding. No, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm just joking. What's that? The funny thing was, the question was stupid. I think it was something like Kirk asked um, Michael whether it was hard for him because he's smart to play someone that's stupid. But the whole thing is, it's acting. It's not real. Like, they're still characters. Like, Michael Imperioli can be smart and play someone that's dumb. Like, it's a character. So it seemed like a very strange question. And then what made me more amused was the fact that Kirk went back to the well a third time, or, yeah, second time, really, with this sort of similar question about the death scene. Is it weird when you're doing a scene like that where he's going to kill you? I mean, I know I'm asking probably, again, the sort of a simplistic question, but you knew him well, you had been on the show, it meant so much to you. Is it, what's it like? What, what do you talk to him about before that? Did you- no, it's not, it wasn't weird at all. <laughs> I don't think Imperial is an asshole at all. I just think he was a bit taken aback by someone asking him, uh, was it hard to act? That's what it was, because... Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, look, Kirk was having a tough day. Um, you can't all you can't always do amazing interviews. It was a good chat. I really enjoyed it. I loved the insight into the Sopranos, and eighty five percent of it was great. But Imperioli was not an asshole. It's like me getting Kirk on this show and saying, you know, do you find it difficult to go in and podcast? Uh, no, I mean they don't. I mean Jesus. So anyway, that was just a a bad moment for Kirk. Imperioli is not an asshole at all. All right, so that's it. KMS goes away till January. Uh, Viva KMS, long live Kirk, fuck Bob Murchison. And this show, as I said, we'll, we'll take a break now. I've got a lot on at work, but I'm going to, as I said, interview Chris, Visionless Dave, um, Andrew Augustus, Tim and Canton. I've got a few guests lined up over the next month or two, so there will be some episodes coming. But, yeah, it's a bit hard to do a wrap-up show without the, the show to wrap up. Before I go, though, I do want to just dip my toe into some of the um, Minifan content. And before I get there, though, there were two reviews left for this show on the US iTunes. One by Rick, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Thank you very much, Rick. Five stars. Really appreciate it. And then someone called Jay. I think it's the... um, the disa- mentally disabled um, listener of the show, Jay. It was men as blows. Just listen to the actual show. Who cares what midget man has to say? One star. Well, Jay, that's really mean. You didn't have to do that. And I'm surprised you can put two sentences together. So that's a, that's good as well to see that you're not illiterate. But yeah, Jay, come on. It's certainly more than one star. Two stars, three stars, four stars. 
maybe five. If you're listening to this and you want to rate the show, go and rate the show now on Apple or whatever app you listen on. Well, let's jump quickly into some sort of KMS world stuff. Okay, the Kevin from Bristol video that he released saying that he wants uh, Minifans to be Kirk's mouthpiece. No, 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 Kevin. That is the last thing Kirk wants. Do you think he wants us morons speaking for him? He wants our support. He wants our love. He wants our um, res- he wants us to respect him, but he does not want us to speak for him. So, Kevin, no, no, no. I did like that video. Lots of little quips in there, and I, I don't think it'll change the overall circumstance, but if Kevin is banned until the end of the show, that would kind of be appropriate. Next one, I listened to Why Are You Laughing? Episode 2, the Norm MacDonald episode with um, Mike and his sidekick, Craig, for some reason. I enjoyed this episode, but it, A, it doesn't need two hosts because basically what this episode was was um, a lot of clips of what happened with Norm and Mike sort of telling the story in between. And I actually think it's a really good format. If Mike wants to go and revisit comedy beefs or comedy stories, that is a great way. Pull clips and then he can talk in between. It's nice. It's a sort of almost a narrative type podcast. It's not a discussion show. You know, most of the episode was clips of other people, which is probably why it was better than the first one. But again, Mike, you do not need Craig on the show. You do not need anyone, actually. If it's going to be that clip heavy, you just need yourself and the clips and you narrating the story and giving insights and backstory and all that stuff. It was really enjoyable, but I'm afraid Craig is tanking it. He is unlistenable. He is He's just shocking to listen to on that show. It gets in the way. It's, it's terrible. Him giggling at times. I mean, fuck, get him off. Get him off. He can stay on the Blind Mike Project because no one listens to that anyway, so it doesn't matter and it doesn't have any future. But this show does. Don't let his fat-ass torpedo you. He can go and sharpen some knives while you're recording. Why are you laughing? Speaking of Craig, so I did turn on uh, Montante's World and I got through the first 10 minutes before I got sick of it, but it had Visionless Dave and Craig and Visionless Dave said on air that I said to him, which is true, that I'd written to Mike last year and said I didn't think there was a future in the Blind Mike project and he should move into comedy and do a comedy-specific podcast. And on Montante's World, they were speculating whether I really believe that I inspired Mike to make a comedy thing or it's a bit of a bit. So I would say it's like 50-50. Like I think a... 50% of it, yeah, I I suggested a long time ago he should do a comedy-specific podcast because I think that'll be way more successful than the Blind Mike Project, and I think that bit is true. But obviously, on the other side of things, uh, the the sort of shtick side is, I mean, I know Mike's been talking about comedy for years, so it's not some amazing revelation to to say you should go into comedy. I'm not saying, oh, look, man, you're a genius. Where did you come up with that? So I get that, but I do think I had the foresight in December, January to know that Buy My Project is a waste of time, but whereas Why Are You Laughing could get traction. I mean, if you're a comedy fan, you would listen to Why Are You Laughing. So I think he needs to get some publicity for it. He needs to do a press release. He needs to try and get get it out there because there is a broad appeal to this show that the Blind Mike Project doesn't have, and I think that's obvious 
one of the reasons is because Craig's not on it or shouldn't be on it anyway. Um, all right, Montante's world. What else did they say? Wasn't much in it. It's usual crap. I think Montante said he's sick of me. Um, well, I mean, the feeling's mutual. You are the most insanely boring person ever. I mean, when it gets to the first 10 minutes of your shows are fine when you talk about um, the KMS world or something, but then it just gets you with your cockamamie, wild political theories that are just horseshit. I mean, it's like going to a kindergarten and hearing two kids talking about politics. That's what it is like listening to Montante's world. Um, you know, you're so dumb, you're so paranoid, you're so sort of fucking brainwashed by your right-wing um, bullshit that it's just virtually unlistenable and you should be locked up you fucking pedophile all righty well that was montante's world uh, i only listened because vd was on it and well I, I saw craig was on it as well um, but i only listened because vd was on it and then after 15 minutes i turned it off uh, last thing is i finally got around to watching dirty work the show the movie with um Norm McDonald's, they talk about it a lot on the show. I mean, it's a five or six out of ten. It was funny, but it, it, it didn't flow. It, it's one of those movies that are written by a comedian where there's a lot of jokes and it's a lot of skit heavy, but the overall plot doesn't really hold it together. You sort of just move from one jokey scene to another. So, yeah, that was okay. Um, but, yeah, certainly something you could do without um, – there's certainly some funny jokes in it, but as I said, it's just it just feels like they tried to build a, a movie around some jokes. Uh, well, that's it for this wrap-up show. I uh, just wish Kirk all the best. Have a great break. I hope you can um, sort your health out. I hope you get to work on the case. I hope in that time Murchison is um, eradicated from this stupid fucking battle that he's in. Uh, no doubt he's going to get fucked over by Portnoy and Nadini. It, it's coming back on him, so I can't wait to see that. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the wrap-up show, and uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. And as I said, there's always clips at the end of um, every show, like random old drops from Men Is Live, so enjoy. I love the fact that people like Menners think that, you know, people want to call him and ask him stuff. Well, people need content. Makes sense. I mean, what I want from Menners... I want want a YouTube YouTube content last night. (laughs) I want a YouTube show where Menners explains how cricket works. Literally, nobody's watching this at this point. So just talk, and if people happen to call, they call. Are you saying that Menners is a a miniature one-trick pony? Yes, he's a mini pony. He's a mini one-trick pony. Yes. I, well, I mean, I don't know. He's a funny guy, but... He's funny. He's good on uh, the Australian show, and when I have him on, he's good. So, so I would say the Menders, right now, could you do a half-hour show without mentioning Steve Robinson's name? Ooh. See, what people, I think, want it is like a, a Menders-Steve Robinson episode. Yeah. Where they I mean, hash it out. Potentially, yeah. Just hash it out. I don't know if people want them to hash it out, though. But they're not going to. He's going to hate him anyway. Yeah. So, you I know, know, it seems to me that some of the Minifans are souring on Menders. Well, I think Lots of talk of oh, muting really? him on Twitter.